Welcome back to the Urban Lore Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Castaños. It's not uncommon for the lines between legend and reality to blur. It happens all the time. A story, a a true one, gets retold, embellished, changed. Ever play the telephone game? I think we've talked about this before. That's where you whisper something in someone's ear, and each participant passes it on to the next, until at the very end, the story only vaguely resembles the original, if it resembles it at all. Once in a while, the true story is so odd, or unimaginable, that people believe it's a legend, even though it isn't. And somehow they still manage to embellish it. That's the place for one Joe Ball. That's the place he holds in South Texas lore. Joe was one son from a prominent South Texas family. The Ball family was working to put tiny Elmendorf, Texas on the map. Never really worked. Elmendorf, it's still there, just south of San Antonio off of Highway 181. But there's not a lot to see. Good, hard-working people, mostly poor people struggling to make a living. The current population is about 1,500, scattered among small plots with trailers and small homes. Early in the 20th century, the Ball family had made money with a cotton gin, real estate, and a general store in Elmendorf. Joe Ball served with the U.S. Expeditionary Force in World War I and saw action in the trenches. Joe was known for two things, a bad temper and being good with a gun. Needless to say, that seems like a terrible combination. Joe Ball was no model citizen. During Prohibition, he was known as being a bootlegger selling whiskey out of a barrel, but others remembered him as kind and often generous. I guess it depends on the mood you caught him in. When Prohibition ended, it was only logical that Joe's next step was to open a bar. His bar had occasional live music and cockfights, something unfortunately still not uncommon, but much more undercover in the area. Not long after he opened the bar, he built a concrete pool in the back. Here, he kept alligators that he had caught in low areas along the San Antonio River. And yes, there are still alligators in the San Antonio River, south of San Antonio. You're, you're good on the Riverwalk. No one knows for sure, but it was likely just an attraction to bring customers. Most Saturday nights would end with Ball throwing stray animals to the gators to the delight of his inebriated crowd. Possums, dogs, cats, whatever ventured too close to the bar. Different times. Joe Ball also hired dance hall girls to wait tables. Times were hard. Many girls likely that would have never considered such employment took a turn at the bar to help pay the bills. They would come and go. Some stayed a while, while others were just never seen again. Did I mention that Joe was considered handsome? He was definitely a ladies' man. He had multiple relationships and flings, with his barmaids. One of the best known was with Minnie Goddard, known as Big Minnie. She had a reputation as being almost as tough as Joe himself. I guess it was love at first fight. 
After a while, the relationship soured, and Big Minnie was never seen again. He also had a relationship with Dolores' buddy Goodwin. Buddy and Joe married, and he then revealed to Buddy that he had murdered Big Minnie at a beach near Corpus Christi, and she wouldn't cause them any more trouble. Buddy must have loved Joe. She was fine with this revelation. But soon Buddy's left arm was cut off. Rumors went wild. Did one of Joe's alligators take her arm? Did Joe get mad, cut her arm off, and feed it to the gators? The truth actually was she lost her arm in a car accident. But no one was going to let the truth get in the way of a good story. But before long, Buddy was not seen around the bar anymore either. Joe had already taken up with another young barmaid, Shotzi Brown. And, well, you know what's about to come. Before long, Shotzi wasn't seen either. As the years passed, rumors of disappearances, Joe's temper, and hungry alligators created a tantalizing story too rich to not be told. It was finally in 1938 that a tip about a barrel that smelled of death and was being tended by Joe behind a barn not far away. When the deputies looked for the barrel, they found it had been moved. But others in the area corroborated the story. Deputies arrested Joe Ball at his bar that same day. He asked if he could drink a beer before they took him, and somehow the deputies agreed. As Joe drank his beer, he also pulled a 45 caliber pistol out from behind the bar and shot himself in the heart. Joe Ball was not going to prison. Big Minnie's body was finally found buried on the beach not far outside of Corpus Christi, Texas, near Ingleside. Shotzi Brown's body was the one that was in the barrel, which was cut up and buried just before the deputies were tipped off about the smelly barrel. The one happy ending um, was Buddy. She eventually fled to San Diego and only came back after she heard of Joe's suicide. Her fleeing likely kept her from being victim number three, or at least number three that we know of. Police and locals now tried to connect every missing person in the area to Joe. Stories that dozens of people had been fed to his alligators soon developed. True Detective Magazine and others wrote patently false and sensational stories about Joe and his carnival of death. If you know anything about True Detective Magazine, you know um, reality and those pages don't go hand in hand. For the record, the alligators were given to the San Antonio Zoo where they lived out the remainder of their lives. When the pool was drained, no human remains were ever discovered. I suppose Joe could have cleaned up after his murders, but evidence suggests he never fed bodies to the alligators. Joe Ball was a murderer. Joe Ball kept alligators. We, the people, decided to combine them. Those stories, too good to pass up, right? Too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence? I suppose it's certainly not a leap of faith, but I think it does say as much about us 
as it does about Joe Ball. If you enjoy our stories, please like and share our podcast. If your podcatcher allows you to do a rating or a review, please give us the highest rating you can. That helps other people find the show. And while other people are finding the show, they could submit their own stories. Get on your voice recorder app on your phone and record whatever paranormal, odd, coincident story that you have and send it to us at urbanlorepodcast, all one word, urbanlorepodcast at gmail.com. And of course, follow us on Twitter at urbanlorepod. For the Urban Lore Podcast, I'm Tom Castaños.